Hello, this is Zandi Hicks. This podcast is called Bold, Brave, and Daring because, well, that's already inside of you. You can choose to be bold, brave, and daring every day of your life. And this podcast teaches you how to walk through life with God, Him showing you how to become bold, brave, and daring. This podcast is like letters from God Himself. So stay tuned because I know that He wants to speak right to you. So today is letter seven, and I hope that you guys are enjoying this. I know I keep saying that, but I'm really enjoying reading this and going through it all. So chapter seven, or letter seven, talks about Wormwood asking Screwtape, should we keep the humans from knowing our existence? So I'm going to read this section to you because it's very interesting on our ignorance as humans to their existence. So my dear Wormwood, I wonder you should ask me whether it is essential to keep the patient in, in ignorance of your own existence. That question, at least for the present phase of the struggle, has been answered for us by the high command. Our policy for the moment is to conceal ourselves. Of course, this has not always been so. We are really faced with a cruel dilemma When the humans disbelief in our existence, we lose all the pleasing results of direct terrorism and we make no magicians. And side note, when they say magicians, they mean a person who believes in forces in the world but denies the existence of spirits. I had to look that one up because he kept referencing it in this chapter and I didn't know what it meant. (laughs) Okay, back to the reading. On the other hand, when they believe in us, we cannot make them materialists and skeptics, at least not yet. Okay. So when we believe in them, they can't make us materialist and skeptics. I just think that's so interesting of like, okay, when we don't believe in them, that's when they're in control. That's when, you know, ignorance is bliss as they say. It's not bliss. I just think it's being deceived. And that's how I was before I started this book. And then I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, my eyes are completely opened. And now I know. And now you're learning, you know, all of these tricks that the enemy plays and has the demons working on us with all of these things. Okay, so next part of it. I do not think you will have much difficulty in keeping the patient in the dark. The fact that quote-unquote devils are predominantly comic figures in the modern imagination will help you. If any faint suspicion of your existence begins to arise in his mind, suggest to him a picture of something in red tights and persuade him that since he cannot believe in that, it is an old textbook method of confusing them, he therefore cannot believe in you. Wow. This is 100% what happens today. Media does this. It normalizes the devil and demons in shows and movies and portrays them in a way that's confusing. And like they said, Literally here, 1942, it says, picture, give them a picture of something in red tights, something that's a comic figure. That is so accurate of what happens and what is in shows today. You know, just make sure that the patient doesn't think about what we're actually like, but give them this, this portrayal in their mind, this fake thing, and then they won't be as intimidated. It just blows my mind. There's another part where it was talking on the page before, and he said, emotionalize science to such an extent that people will believe in forces, but not God. So 
I know people like this. They've said like, yeah, I believe that there's, you know, higher powers, but I don't believe in God. And it's like, that worked. This ploy that they had worked for people because they're thinking there's science to back up other things, but there's not science to back up God, which isn't true. But to people who don't believe in God, that is the truth. It's so crazy. It's all right here in this book. And yet people don't believe in God. It's just, it's so crazy to me. (laughs) Okay, so the next part is whether to influence the patient to be a patriot or a pacifist. And I mean, the, I think it was the last two letters I talked about the war. And so this is just saying like, make sure that they're extreme one way or the other. Reading on page 32, all extremes except extreme devotion to the enemy are to be encouraged. Not always, of course, but at this period, some ages are lukewarm and complacent, and then it is our business to soothe them yet faster asleep. Other ages of which the present one are unbalanced and prone to faction, and it is our business to inflame them. I don't know if you caught that. It's saying in this time period, make sure that people are extreme one way or the other, but not an extreme devotion to God. Everything else is to be encouraged for them to be extreme about, but not about God. And then in other times in history, our job is to make them lukewarm and complacent and then soothe them yet faster to, to sleep. Like make sure that they're, go- they're numbing their mind so much that there's just, there's no emotion there. They're just, they're not using their brains. They're turning them off. I think that that happens today a lot with phones. We are just checking out zoning out, going to sleep, and not being aware of what's going on around us spiritually, emotionally, mentally, all of those kinds of things. To go into more of what I just read, a pacifist in the 40s was someone who believed that violence was not justifiable. And then a patriot is someone who believed in their country and was prepared to defend it against enemies. So make the patient extreme one way or the other. We definitely have that today. You know, our beliefs are dividing us because of how extreme we get about which way we which way we go, especially in America, we're like, okay, Democrat or Republican. And I mean I'm guilty of falling for being extreme for my beliefs. I think that the solution is to keep a heavenly perspective. I think that would really help us with this. When we get to the end of our life, we're not really going to care whether we were Democrat or Republican. It's just going to matter how many people we affected and how many lives were changed because of Jesus, not because of the way that we voted. Okay, so the next part is mind-blowing on page 33. It's talking about the church again. It really opens up your eyes. So I'm reading from there. We want the church to be small, not only that fewer men may know the enemy, but also that those who do may acquire the uneasy intensity and defensive self-righteousness of a secret society or a clique. The church herself is, of course, heavily defended, and we have never yet quite succeeded in giving her all the characteristics of a faction. But subordinate factions within her have often produced admirable results. So it's saying we want the church to be small, like a clique or a secret society, and it, for it to feel like that. 
although we've never been able to quite get it all the way there because the church is heavily defended, which is awesome. But it said there's been subordinate factions within her. So there's been people within her that have given good results towards this. That's part. That's some of the part about the church. There's more about the church, and I will keep reading that. But at first, I want to cover the part about the pacifist or the patriot. So Screwtape goes on to debate whether they should push the patient to be pacifist or patriotist. And then they're like, okay, let's go towards pacifism. So make him believe that whichever one he goes for is part of his religion, even the most important part of his religion. As long as he focuses on meetings, pamphlets, policies, movements, causes, and crusades, and less on prayers, charity, and services, he is ours. That's what it says. It's saying, focus on making people who believe differently from you, your enemy, and then make sure that he is focusing on all of these other things instead of on the things that actually matter, like prayer, sacraments, and charity. I look up what sacraments was. It's basically the service, like a service that we go to every Sunday. Here's the solution, the opposite to everything that he's telling, that Screwtape is telling Wormwood to do. We need to focus on making people who believe differently from us our friends, not our enemies. Focus on loving them. Focus on prayer, helping people, going to church, inviting people, not making it an exclusive club or a clique like it said, and not making our political beliefs part of our religion because it's not part of our religion. Jesus dined with tax collectors, prostitutes, and sinners. And I'm afraid today that we wouldn't even see them as worthy of being in the church. How sad is that? I mean, there that's never been God's intention with the church. Going back to letter two, the demon's job was about getting people to judge each other based on their expectations in the church. What if people don't come to church based on their political beliefs? How will they ever know that it's not about political beliefs? God tells us what is right and true in the Bible, and that's our guide. And people won't know that unless they're able to come and hear about it and learn about it. We can't get fooled into thinking that church has anything to do with politics and which way we swing in our politics and what we believe about them. We need to wake up to spiritual warfare. The demon's job is to to conceal themselves. It's to cause confusion. And then if they do portray themselves, it needs to come off as comic figures and things that people can just brush off. That's not true. We need to wake up to what actually is reality. It's what Paul described in Ephesians 6 when he's talking about the full armor of God. And in verse 12, he says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. There is darkness to fight. And the way that we fight it is acknowledging that it's real, acknowledging that spiritual warfare is real, and then armor up. You know, we're bringing into the light, the darkness that's going on around us by going through this book, this screw tape letters, and by preparing ourselves. 
And the way that we would prepare ourselves is Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. That's how we armor up. That's how we fight spiritual warfare. Not being naive to it. Not ignoring it. But knowing it's real. It's all around us. It's a constant thing that we have to choose our thoughts and protect our minds. And know that we have a covering around us. We have the Holy Spirit. We are armored up. And we can do this. So, yeah, that's letter seven. I really enjoyed this one. It's very in-depth. It's a lot of, you know, interesting stuff. So I'm looking forward to letter eight. And I hope you are too. And have a great day, guys. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. Bold, Brave, and Daring is all about making you bold, brave, and daring. Like I say, because it's already inside of you and God wants to show that to you. So if you have any questions, please DM me, message me. I would love to hear your questions or about what God has done in your life. So let me know, comments, and I love you. And I hope that you have a wonderful week.